Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout the series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. This is the second part of the Reflection on Holiness, addressing the question, why is it so hard? Walt Kelly created one of my favorite comic strips. It was called Pogo. Set in the Okefenokee Swamp in southeastern United States, this strip engaged in social and political satire using the adventures of its amusing animal characters led by the humble philosophical possum who was named Pogo. The large cast of characters included, among many others, the dim-witted and egotistical Albert Alligator, the hound Beauregard Bugleboy, the local minister Deacon Muskrat, the mercenary fox Seminole Sam, and the self-serving politician Congressman Fogg. On one particular notable occasion, the animals were all hunkered down behind the barricades as shots burst around them. Then Pogo entered the scene and made this startling announcement. We have seen the enemy, and he is us. This quotation aptly introduces the third and the fiercest of the enemies that make holiness hard, the flesh. It is the cause of a great interior battle that we all experience. St. Paul describes this struggle in his letter to the Romans. He wrote, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, But I do the very thing I hate. So then, it is no longer I, meaning his best self, that do it, but the sin or the attraction to sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh, because of its attraction to evil. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it by himself. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my innermost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law that is the attraction to sin, which dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am! 
So as a result of original sin, we find ourselves wounded in three areas. Our intellect is diminished, our will is weakened, and our passions and feelings and emotions, they are very unruly. Together, they are the greatest contributor to the hard of holiness. Jesus acknowledged our diminished intellect from the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Note, however, Jesus did not say, Father, forgive them, because they are innocent. Culpability is the painful reality of our sins that we must all face. Sometimes when I recall my past offenses that offended God and hurt people I love, I exclaimed to myself, how could I have been so stupid? How could I have been so blind? And yet, that was my tragic reality. And then I can lament with David, my sin is always before my face. Jesus also warned about the danger of weak wills when he warned Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, that is, severely test you. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, that is, repented, strengthen your brethren. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Ah, we are all so brave away from the field of combat. He said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. Peter loved Jesus but he was not yet formed of the stuff from which martyrs are made. So what does this say about our faithfulness? In his letter to the Galatians, St. Paul portrayed two extremes that give us an objective standard of where we stand in our relationship with God. In this passage, he draws out the battle lines. First, he describes the negatives, the evil fruits that exude from the flesh. And so he wrote, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. Now the works of the flesh are plain. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissensions, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Then, in contrast, the apostle depicts the habitual actions of those who live by faith, working through love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such as these, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. So now we arrive at the critical question. Where do we stand? Obviously, if we are fully living according to the flesh, well, there's no holiness in us at all. Then our vital focus must be on repentance. For we are warned that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And therefore, Jesus began his preaching with the call to conversion. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. However, I suspect that most of us are not living according to the flesh, but at the same time we're unwilling to claim all those incredible virtues that flow from living in the Spirit. We recognize that we have not yet crucified our flesh with its passions and desires. And so, to use the polka term, how do we get all in? Insightful books have been written on this very important topic. Here the focus will be on two areas. One, the relationship of love and feelings. And two, the use of the present moment. Love, that is, true love, has absolutely nothing to do with feelings. This is a major problem in our society because so much of what we decide is based on feelings. So the feelings of love are like fool's gold. Well, you can mine tons of the stuff, but it has no real value. Real love, in contrast, resides in the will, and its authenticity is demonstrated by what we choose to do, not by how we feel. Jesus proved this when he proclaimed amid his agony, not my will, but yours be done. Therefore, authentic love has two essential qualities, and they are self-sacrifice and commitment. The perfect love God gives and demands from us in return has the same two essential qualities, but the self-sacrifice must be total and the commitment absolute. Now, standing against our desire to embrace authentic love, to be all in, much less perfect love, is the fortress of our feelings. What happens when we are feeling depressed, insecure, hurt, unloved, abused, rejected, self-centered, indulgent, lazy, unappreciated, lustful, attached to things, tired, sick, 
frightened, angry, and sad. These are the emotions that hold us back. In his great autobiographical poem, The Hound of Heaven, Francis Thompson goes to the heart of the struggle when he wrote, Though I knew the love of him that followed, referring to Jesus, the heavenly hound, yet I was so adread, lest having him I might have naught besides. What will it cost? It's hard to give up our hurt feelings, sufferings, anxieties, desires, and anger. We are afraid to abandon our false loves and our indulgent attachments. At these moments of truth, we must face the tough inner challenge to ignore our negative feelings and to free fall into God's loving arms, that is, to be all in. Anyone who thinks this is easy has never attempted it. So, how is it possible? St. Paul gives us the solution. After he laments his own inner struggle, he asks, Who will deliver me from this body of death? Then he gives the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. With God, all things are possible. Yes, even making saints out of sinners and the lukewarm. In the ultimate analysis, it is amazing how little God asks of us to receive an astonishingly great reward, a hundredfold now in this time and in the age to come, eternal life. We are invited to die to self so we can be captivated into complete love. It's the best exchange ever offered. And yes, it is true. Sacrifice is painful and commitment in the face of difficulties. Oh, it's irksome. Love makes it bearable. And as we begin to embrace perfect love, it becomes a joy, yes, even amid our sufferings. How then can we start to be all in? The simplest way is to utilize the gift of the present moment. The past, well, that's no longer ours. God has taken it back. And the future is not yet ours. The present moment with its mundane activities is the only gift we can return to God with love. In this way, we live in peace, avoiding the sadness and depression that comes from excessively focusing on the past and at the same time avoiding the obsession about with our anxiety over the future. <clears throat> the key is offering our little trivial task to God, but with great love. Then driving to work, cooking, shopping, mowing the lawn, folding laundry, supervising the children, and all the other humble tasks that make up our day, they all can become a gift of love. 
Here I am reminded of something Kimberly Hahn said many years ago. I am winning the world for Jesus, one diaper at a time. Best of all, as we lovingly give today's present moments to God, we are well on our way to giving him the rest of our whole life, one moment at a time. Then at the end of our life, we will be able to say with St. Paul, I have been crucified with Christ, and therefore it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.